Trident Wargaming. Build it, paint it, play it. Hello, Heresy friends. Welcome back to Trident Wargaming. Uh, today's episode, we're actually going all the way into the void. We're going to be talking about that sweet Battlefleet Heresy. I'm joined with uh, two guests of the channel. Uh, we've got our Shipmaster Chris. Hello, hello. And we have Shipmaster James. Hey. And uh, Chris and James, they're, they're trying to pull us all into Battlefleet Heresy. And from the sounds of it, they're doing a good job. They're starting to uh, assimilate quite the uh, player base. Uh, yeah, exactly. Especially with um, you know uh, a game as revered as Battlefleet Gothic. So I guess I mean, it's uh, really about that nostalgia. It really is, right? It really is. Uh, I guess to kick off the episode, as we do on all episodes, do a little bit of hobby uh, stuff, some progress that we've been working on. I guess uh, I can go first uh, in terms of hobby progress. I have been actually working on my Legio Ignatum. Uh, getting nice. that all ready for the Adeptus Titanicus slow grow. Uh, I, I have been admittedly, admittedly also looking at some uh, Battlefleet heresy ships. Just peek, <laughs> just peeking, right? I want to see what they look like. So. <laughs> That's how it starts. I know. Danger. I know. That's for sure. Yeah, no doubt. So uh, that, that's been my, uh, my main push. Uh, how about yourself, James? What have you been working on? Actually, I've been doing the same. Um, I played my first couple games of Adeptus Titanicus over the past week here. Um, was run through a couple just smaller games, and it was great. And so I'm I'm in. So I've been actually doing the same. I'm actually also going with Ignatum. So I've uh, been building a Warlord the past couple days. Oh, nice. Voted Very for nice. me, yeah. And yourself, Chris? How you? What have you been working on? Would you believe me if I said nothing? Of course you wouldn't. No, I mean, no. to be perfectly honest, the same thing you have, and then I've been kind of uh, obsessing a little bit over the new It's Not Quite Epic 30k. So, uh, what is it? Legio, Legio is Imperialis, yeah. they're calling it officially. So, um, a little bit of the kind of like back-end stuff on how I'm going to convert up my old epic forces into this brand new one. Yeah, because you've got quite a bit of the... Uh... Like epic 30k stuff if i recall i do i do have uh at least two full armies of 30k and then i get to uh, add a little bit of adeptus titanicus to it as well because of course i've been clawed in by that insidious game and uh, i'm doing some traitor astorum so that's Ooh. fun yeah it nice. is it's it, it is a fun game and honestly just from being able to come over to the table watching you guys play um, Battlefleet Heresy in between, you know, uh, 40k games or Heresy games, whatever the flavor is that we're playing that night. Uh, it sounds like Battlefleet Heresy is a blast. Sounds really good. I, I guess for anyone who doesn't know, uh, there are, so these are kind of like, I want to say, I guess, like a homebrew slash uh, fan made adaptation of Battlefleet Gothic. Uh, I know Remembrancer's Retreat 
did a lot of work on uh they have i think it's a big massive pdf uh books one to five they have like updated versions um the most recent actually i was peeking at it online today uh the most recent is their uh book one to five point oh point four uh that's the one i've got anyways and then chris you're mentioning another another group that had uh done some work with yeah fleet as well Absolutely. I mean, the Remembrancers retreat uh, when they did their Battlefleet Heresy Void Warfare in the Age of Darkness, uh, which was by Austin Hunt, Stephen Campbell. So you can get it on their site. It's really quite good as the adaptation, kind of the uh, old school expansion pack to Battlefleet Gothic. But we've been using a little bit more of a homemade fan brew which is called the bfg 2020 which is by uh, andrew hollis crafty juarez monaghan tom harding and sam colt okay. now what they've done there is just adapted it a little bit and it's come a little bit closer to some of the more modern games like adeptus titanicus and even say star wars armada so awesome there's been some little alterations made yes, little updates we can go sure. into that yeah, definitely. Definitely down to hear about that stuff. I, I guess uh, what is what is the big difference for anyone who has played BFG, like the original stuff back in the, the glorious 90s, to now? What I guess what are some of the big um, updates and differences in the Heresy version? Oh, for me, I played a little bit of the older version of the game in the uh, sort of mid-2000s. And I found that, well, the, the main differences are the um, ships available. Uh, for the Space Marines, uh, you have literally, you know, the battle barges, strike cruisers, and their escorts. For the Imperial Navy, you'd have their ships, the Chaos, their style ships, and they're all separate. Whereas um, in this heresy version that we play, um, all the ships are available to all the factions. Oh, nice. So that's a really big difference. Gives you a lot more variety and uh, a lot more interesting combinations that you can come up with. Um, that's the, the big difference for me, yeah. What do you think, Chris? See, I, I, I agree. And of course, like when it comes to that one, there's the ship list. But the way that it plays, the probably single biggest factor is that now you have alternating activations which is a pretty big departure from the standard I go, you go of most of the older kind of styles of wargaming. Yep. And by that, I mean Games Workshop's core line. Um, we're not getting into Warmaster or the old Epic 30K, which worked on the same alternating activation system. But at that point in time, Battlefleet Gothic was still fairly conventional. So that's added quite a bit of the back and forth. Um, and it really does change the flavor. It makes things a little bit more responsive. You have to worry about certain other kind of metagaming aspects to it, which is, I mean, there's positives and negatives. But there is one other thing. And funny enough, we, we talk about it like it's a modern incarnation, but it's the advanced ordinance rules, which makes the fighter game, torpedoes and stuff like that, a bunch more complex um, and it follows after things that seem again more recent like Star Wars Armada compared to the 2006 to 2010 era but that said the rules have been around in Warp Rift since like 2012 so it's not really that new it's just again it's not mainstream conventional wisdom hmm. yeah you're absolutely right 
the alternating activations, yeah, just keeps it from being so potentially one-sided, right? Instead of one person's whole fleet activating and blasting with everything, going back and forth, allows for a little more uh, swing in the momentum. Yeah, that, that, I think that's one of the biggest things I appreciate about uh, Titanicus is you get that back and forth. Uh, it doesn't feel oppressive on one side or the other. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. assuming, because uh, I haven't touched Gothic for many, many years, I- I'm assuming you're rolling off like an initiative kind of thing at the beginning of the turn? Yep. Okay. Exactly. Very cool, very cool. Um, I guess, is there anything anything other than like the way it, it plays for you or... Um, just the general feel of the game. Is, is there anything that I guess immediately drew you? Like I know looking at these rules myself, um, there's access to these Gloriana class uh, vessels. <laughs> that That's what's drawing me, like being able to command, you know, one of these Gloriana class ships. Uh, and to be honest, it's going to sound really fucked up. Um, I really want to do a White Scars army. Okay. I just like I really want to buckle into the speed and let it rip. Like I, I know I was talking about doing the phalanx and having the fists, but it's like I don't know something. Cool, something cool. just calls to me about yeah, switching it up. You know, it's fun. It's fun. You have the potential to do it. And again, thanks to our remembrancers retreat rules, they actually play a little bit different, which is a really nice um, change from the original versions of this, where everything is more or less just imperial or chaos. Yeah. So. If you want to play with something that's white scars, hey, guess what? They're slightly faster, which is, uh, you know, a shock, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of briefly reading. Slightly faster, and they pass all, all ahead full uh, checks. Which is nice, which is yeah. legitimately nice, because, again, uh, getting into a bit of the mechanics, much like Adeptus Titanicus, if you fail that roll and you just need to go fast the one time and you fail it, like, the rest of the turn's screwed. Yeah, no doubt. Don't, don't. don't fail those orders. Simple as that. And each... Now, oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, when it comes to what really drew me, the Glorianas, of course, are that it's eye candy. It looks amazing. It's one of those things you look at across the table and it's like, oh, hey, it's basically a titan in space because they're not small. But the real draw after one or two games to me was they have a pretty fleshed out narrative bit even in their matched play rules, which is like, oh, hey, this is a bit of a, a change. This is going to be something new and unique and interesting, and it keeps it fresh. That's always good, especially if you can, like, I'm assuming uh, in terms of narrative play, do they have kind of like a pre-built almost like campaign system? I know Andrew Hollis was really big into just going to the max. Like, that guy, he's a wizard when it comes to any of that... Uh, having a structured system you can play through. Um, there is a yeah, absolutely is in the book. Yeah. In the nice. rule book. Yeah. I think it's about a third of the book at least. Yeah, and I might be charitable there. It's, it it's huge. Real detail put into it. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I know um, from previously the like Australian 30 K stuff that I have seen and anything, anything from the uh, like the Aussie crew down there. Like uh, I know um, I have horse podcasts and the, uh, again, Andrew Halls with the Australian 30K guys. Uh, what is his name? Uh, the the Mornival group. They 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 put out some amazing uh, 30K uh, rules for like community use, and uh, I'm sure Battlefleet Gothic is no exception. 
yeah. it's all tasty, tasty stuff. I mean, their their involvement is really what's kept me in 30k as long as I've been in, which is a fair time. We'll go with that. No. And for me, what got me into Battlefleet Gothic? I was playing to, um, or excuse me, I was playing uh, Victory at Sea a little bit before, so World War II naval combat. And I think it was you, Chris, that actually initially sucked me in. I am a danger. That, and that I spoke is to you probably about it, fair. And yeah, you, you, you fed the fire there, and that was the beginning of the end. You could just imagine and, you're, you're playing a game of Victory at Sea. Chris comes up behind you. Hey, you know what? If you say fuck this shit and you go in space, well, that's it. I was, already space. Doing, I was already doing fleet combat, but let's throw some space marine legions into it too, and yeah. have some fun there. So, uh, no doubt, oh, absolutely. I mean, like it's it is a fun little uh, change of pace, just visually. I mean, both games do play pretty well, so I can't complain. That's awesome. How many how many people do you have uh, chomping at the bit for some heresy? Uh, Battlefleet Heresy games now. It's got to be released around the six or seven. I think mark. it's six. Well, now that I think, I think with you, because I'm calling you in now, dude. I think it'll be seven. Oh my goodness! I think we're actually at eight, but I could be wrong on that one. It's uh, the number tends to grow, and the interest definitely has grown. Yeah. I know no. uh, if Andy's listening to this, driving to work, or just painting models, he's probably just put everything down. He's looking at the screen, going all like. I am in, obviously. So. <laughs> Andy, call me. Demo game anytime, huh? Yeah. I'm I'm super pleased with how fast it seems to have taken off in the local group. Um, it's all like we've I've only been playing it. I think I don't know, maybe a few months, maybe something like that, three or four months. It's about right. It, it's already seems to have uh, got legs, so it's really great to see. Well, it's always good. I, I think there's a definite. Uh certain level of accessibility with it uh, when it comes to models and obviously having resources online that you can just download yes. for free. Huge. Um, yep. That's always been a big you know, factor for some people. Uh, going back to the models though, like there is a ton of different files out there that I've seen. And uh, I know I've been oogling at your phone, Chris, when you're showing me pictures, these, <laughs> these files. And I'm just like, Oh God, look at these things. Like some of the ships are just phenomenal um absolutely absolutely when it comes to that hobby side of things there's just so much out there from so many amazing sources that i mean it's hard not to get sucked in when you just you see it you have that whole the visual identity of nostalgia mixed with what's been in like the black books so it's right there in front of you and now like you don't have to go try to find a copy of an out of print rule set from 2008 yeah yeah, 3D printing has completely changed the game in terms of accessibility for the for these games that are really out of print now. Really, these older games. Yeah, I, I remember trying to track down. I, I did actually have a sizable Space Marine Force, the old pewter stuff, battle barges, strike cruisers, mm. um, tons of stuff, and it didn't just seemed like it wasn't wasn't taken off. So I ended up selling all my stuff off in like a big lot and now i kind of regret getting rid of all the markers and all the tokens yep. and shit because obviously that's those game aids are oh, very useful but even those like I, chris, <laughs> chris has the the original markers like oh geez yes i there. do I've, I've had to i've had to print some off and it, really they're just as just as good right but yeah. yes 
like it's still changing the game there too like it's you can do everything yeah oh absolutely i mean exactly it's again it's the accessibilities it's how easy people have made this to be able to pick up i mean don't get me wrong there's been a lot of companies including games workshop recently that have made the games more accessible through most of their starter packs but when it comes to an out-of-print game that's like it lives and dies by how easy you're able to actually obtain this very true very true very true i know uh I was surprised how fast I was able to find the stuff. And and for all those listening, if you are curious, we're going to have uh, links in the description. So you can always go on there, click on it, and take a peek at what they've got for rules. And who knows, maybe you two can start a, uh underground cult of Battlefleet Heresy <laughs> of your own. So that'll be, that'll be very nice. I, I guess... Um, In terms of the actual, I guess, uh, average gameplay, uh, like what run us through, uh, like run us through what you're using for points, and are you guys actively using Gloriana class right now, or are you kind of treating it like a Primark, like only when both people are bringing it, or is it kind of an all comers, uh, bust out whatever fleet you want? Usually, I think the I think the average game for a sort of a evening. Uh, battle it's probably around 1500 points somewhere around there okay it gives you enough enough that there's some some fun toys to play with but you can still finish it that evening um i've played <laughs> one game with the gloriana class battleships and they are fun they are fun but they are not all made equal so i think um if you're gonna bring those i think it's best to sort of speak with your opponent first and make sure you know what i mean just to, you know I mean, there's no no feel bad moments, but other than that, yeah, no, do it. <laughs> I mean, just building on the tabletop. <laughs> exactly, just building on that. Literally, I think it's in the second or third page of the whole Battlefleet Heresy rule book. There's a quote that perfectly works with it, which is, "Apply judicious use of common sense and narrative judgment." So, like, really go towards that narrative flair yeah. because Lorianas are great. But speaking as the uh, particular fleet that has to spend some of the most on it, yeah, they are not made equally. Yeah, I, I did notice in terms of points, it has quite the range going from like 500 down to 325, which is kind of odd. It, it almost well, it reminded me. Yeah, like some are, I think the cheapest is 350. Yeah. And the most is almost 700. Like, oh, yep. double that. It's crazy. So it's truly just like the Primarchs in uh, old uh, first edition. <laughs> yeah, Never that's that's spread. a pretty fair comparison. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I, I'm definitely uh, I'm definitely eager to get an intro game in just to run through, see if I can break the rest off, if I can even remember how to play. Like it's just been so long, but I, I think that's the nice thing. Um, with this particular game, and I know we've been talking about it a little bit uh, back and forth on some chats, and I've made some posts just on the local Heresy page. Being able to incorporate this particular system along with Adeptus Titanicus, the uh, Legion's Imperial Alice that's coming out, um, Zone Mortalis, and even just your regular frontline games, not to mention any of the other modes if you wanted to play the old style, like big tank war the old centurion mode being able to incorporate this into like a giant overall narrative campaign 
is really what's what's selling it for me. I, I just think the potential is so high to make this like such a fun thing. And it, I, I've said it in uh, previous episodes too. Like, it's not something that we need like thirty or forty people to jump into. But if you had the right, you know, ten to twelve people, yeah. like that would be huge. Like you could even oh, do absolutely. it if you had like a squad of like eight dedicated fucking guys that are ready to jump in. Like, you could make magic happen honestly oh yeah oh absolutely i mean like you said it's the linked content when it comes to that and i mean i'm pretty certain i remember the early fanatic magazine which was like the specialist games magazine that games workshop published they had a conversion system that had how to do your battlefleet gothic games to your landing forces which would of course inform how many points of epic you could take and then within epic that would go towards your frontline battle gaming and then your whatever they were calling kill team at the time um so it was all of those little things that just added together and you're like oh this rolls into that and this will affect this and it's it's such a brilliant possibility that i almost i would be hard pressed to disbelieve that they're not considering that in the background now that uh, legions imperialis is being released when uh when I, after i played my first game with chris i was talking to him and i was like man like bill's you know he's doing this campaign soon like how crazy would it be if we could somehow drum up enough support that it could somehow be incorporated like it's probably too late but that's okay and then when you sort of announced that it was i was like oh mission accomplished like it's yeah. going to be amazing <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, I mean, like just to, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna say just when uh, Legion Imperialis got dropped, and then hearing you guys starting to ramp up with uh, Battlefleet Heresy, <clears throat> I was kind of thinking about it. I was like, you know, I don't need to rush to bring this out, and the more systems we can incorporate, obviously, just makes the drop-in games day, the campaign meetup days, that much yep. bigger and better. Especially if we can rope that into events in the in the future. Like, if you can have a whole event dedicated to four or five different theaters of war, think how many boxes you're taking off for everybody. There's so much oh, yeah. choice. Mm-hmm. You're, oh, you're, yeah. You're going to max out all the fields. You know, you can have two or three tables of this, that, and everything else. You're going to offer such a unique experience and a well-rounded experience for everybody. Even if you're not coming to the event to play Heresy, uh, Battlefleet Heresy, you're probably going to either be really interested in the results of that game. And let's be real. You're going to watch the game for a little bit. Cause you might, you might want to know <laughs> what's going on in that space station. If the enemy yeah. takes control, they might be firing. Well, at that's, your the, fleet that's, or the whatever. That, that's the interesting thing that battlefleet Gothic adds to a campaign system is that with Titanicus <clears throat> and Imperialis and heresy, those are all land battles, but being at having access to base battles. Now you can sort of link the story a little bit more rather than having to just do it narratively. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. See, the thing that I'm particularly thrilled with is while James absolutely nailed it, you have a 1500 point fleet battle going on, which is kind of the status quo and the expectation of most people going in the matched missions. I mean, there's nine of them, 10 of them. So they're 
surprisingly varied. So you have things that are like the usual big fleet battles between these big line cruisers and squadrons of escorts and waves of attack fighters. But then you've got the, in the exact same scale, convoy battles or trying to take out planetary defense systems and you're running smaller battles. So while 1500 points might be that kind of gold standard, you're finding that, hey, you can reasonably play 500, 750 points and the games still feel like they're worth playing. They're not that kind of, oh, this is just an introduction to the game. You have a complete experience with that too. It just switches what your objectives are and it kind of shifts the balance. Because again, not all fleets are made equal, not all of your legions are going to be equal, but suddenly when you add a few more little variables into the mix, everyone's playing a slightly different game and it's pretty fun. That's awesome. I, I do like the idea of uh, utilizing as much of the um, narrative aspect to really spread that, uh, or I guess even out the uh, skill set between legions or the built-in rules. I think that's trying to get as close to an even playing field as you can. Yeah, makes it that much more enjoyable. Obviously, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so no, that that's that's pretty legit. I. Uh, I wanted to touch base with you guys and just kind of figure out where you were at. Like, I know we started just rattling off, um, you know, ways that we can use like a multi-theater system. What would be your top, your top goal with uh, Battlefleet Heresy? Would you want to see like a massive space battle, like, you know, um, defense of the soul system? Are we, are we trying to do like, what would be your, must have game. fleet, yeah. Must have fleet like the equivalent to your Siege of Terra, like Void Warfare fight. Because there's a couple big notable ones in the Heresy. Like, which ones really would you want to focus on? Which, like, which specific uh, theater? Yeah, that's an interesting question for me. I mean. I'm a sucker for Istvan. I will always be a sucker for Istvan. So getting the Eisenstein through that blockade and bringing the war to the greater Imperium, that's cool. That's a cool scenario. Because we kind of don't know what happens between that Istvan 3, Istvan 5, right? Like, at Istvan 5, you have the big slaughter. I mean, both on the ground and in space. So I'd like to be able to get those two kind of grouped up, and then you can go from there to places like, say, Fall or even Callian Gate after a while. Something like, like that. For me, I'm going to go the opposite direction, actually. I'm going to say the Siege of Terra. I can envision a scenario where on a big table, say the traitor fleet has to break through the uh, Loyalist defenses and get their ships to actually land troops onto Terra to actually, you know, begin the assault. Uh, oh, on the yeah. Imperial Palace. That would be cool. Mm -hmm. Kind of like and, the breach blockade. Like, more ships they can get to with to assault the planet, you know, the more troops they get on the ground battle, stuff like that, I think could be really cool. Would and there were so many good. of those, like, you got those planetary defense systems, you've got the big strings of these heavy guns and installations, which, I mean... If there's one drawback that we always kind of think of when it comes to whether it's Victory at Sea, whether it's Battlefleet Gothic, it's that the terrain doesn't usually play as big a part visually as in certain other games. But if you start focusing things around there, suddenly it becomes a lot more, well, fun to hobby around in. 
That's awesome. Definitely, yeah. You want to max it out as much, uh, as much, I guess, NPC stuff, if that's, I guess, the right term for it to yeah. have it like in a in a game. I think would just, oh yeah, definitely take it to that next level. Give it some more flavor, an extra bit of spice. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah absolutely sugar and spice everything nice and i mean it does it It, it's there's so much crunch in this system when it comes to all those extraneous bits you can do it no problem i think one of the biggest one of the biggest things i'm looking forward to with um epic and battle fleet uh being able to you know try and jump between these systems is i think locally It'll be an opportunity where we could actually have these Istvan Five for like reenactment fights, um, just because we're we're so spread out with legions. There are some legions like we just don't have enough players of or big enough forces to jump in, right? And with the rise of Epic, having multiple forces, being able to have that massive siege of Terra battle suddenly becomes much more obtainable, especially with the world of 3D printers that we're in. Uh, It's not hard to, you know, build an actual palace wall and have all your Titans supporting your, you know, either legit or 3D printed armies. I I really think the future will hold some pretty, pretty legit battles and the opportunity for just campaigns and growth and, um, like reenacting these stories that we all know from the heresy and obviously love is just going to be right there. Like it'll just be max. huge. Yeah. Max power. To see, to see a great, a big sort of like three V three or more mega battle is, you know what I mean? Is that's the dream right there for me. Absolutely. It's the incorporation. All of this stuff, whether it's boarding teams like affecting the Battlefleet Gothic results, which is pretty easy to do given the uh, damage system and all that is, again, a little bit more nuanced. It's what you'd expect. Having all of these things interconnected and having multiple players have that, I guess, the, the familiarity, but also the investment in what other people are doing too. I mean, that's it's it's a cool yeah, thing just to know paints. that you don't feel insignificant. Yeah, it just paints a much more vivid picture. You know what I mean of what's going on and sort of yeah. I don't know. It, yeah, exactly. It's a completed narrative picture, which is I mean, it's what we all struggle towards trying to do. But given that we've only really had the frontline gaming, sometimes it's hard to reflect that scale that you expect with the narrative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. I think the nice thing too, um, being able to add a little bit of that granularity to our games, it really does make it feel, and to echo your point, Chris, it makes it feel like the smaller games actually have some weight to them. Like they are actually worth playing. Um, Where I know sometimes like a lot of the focus is in that, uh, you know, that top podium spot. Um, Guys really Mm -hmm. trying to, you know, vie really hard, but like, this is where, yeah, maybe maybe there is going to be a lot of focus on uh, boarding actions and fighting off in space stations or Mortalis style and bombarding a planet of epic that's going on. It like that's so the stuff close. I really want to focus on is just yeah, creating our own again our own stories of Horus Heresy, and I, I'm really excited to take take all that and try to roll it into something really cool for like a campaign next year. Like I have a lot of, a lot of different missions and 
scryings of shit all over the place. And <laughs> if we can add multiple theaters with multiple like mission matrixes, matrix, make try uh, to just <laughs> let everybody have, you know, a, a chance to matrices. I think matrices. Anyway. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank matrices. You. That was bugging me. Um, <laughs> but get, that gives everybody a chance to really uh, go for broke in, in that chosen system. I, like I don't know what else you could ask for in a I can't wait to local see community or whatever, right? Like, and there's going to be lots. Of, I really want to touch base with a lot of the, uh, a lot of the like the passion players. Like, like it, it's this will definitely be like a group project. It'll be a, a baby that we can put forward to the community and hopefully make it something that where everybody gets a little piece of it and there's going to be something for everybody moving forward at events because I'd really like to emulate that particular setup uh, moving forward. I just, I, I never liked the idea of closing off uh, players, especially if there's interest in systems. So if it means, yeah, we, you know, have to buy a couple space mats and, you know, uh, <laughs> get those zone tables done up and, get some epic terrain printed up and some like some more uh, that matches with the Titanicus stuff. Like that's, that's kind of where I really want to invest my energy and time is just providing something that we can create uh, for the community itself. So just a, yeah, just a greater story. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's the, the compatibility with all these things. There's such potential in it that like squandering it by not really going the whole whole nine yards for this it, it feels like a lost opportunity if we don't which is i mean it's one of the reasons why i play pretty much every 30k styled system so when you put up the campaign notice i was just like do i do i have to just choose one because this will absolutely kill me if i just have to choose the one no I, that's the thing too is there are i know there's lots of people who want to play multiple different theaters and i think letting people choose for every engagement, if they want, hey, you know what? This round, I'm going zone style. This round, I'm going, t I'm going Titanicus. I'm going Battlefleet. I think if you, we leave it open, that is just, again, it just lets the floodgates fly open. People can battle and play. And you know what? We might even be able to set up some provisions where, hey, I'm going to do, you know, Titanicus, and someone's not actually playing Titanicus. We might be able to write something in where it's like, hey, there was no opposition. You were able to conquer this spot and really fuck everything else up along the <laughs> battle, right? Like make it make it worthwhile. Oh, so that'd be cool. Make that'd it make, cool. make it worth it. Exactly. Yeah. So you no, always want to have someone looking out. It's like ah, covered all the bases. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Like oh, we may as well, we better have someone on Heresy Fleet. We better have someone in the zone. Mm -hmm. You can now start to coordinate like team wise, right? Like hey, who wants to fight where? Where we where are we sending yeah. our troops? Exactly. Positional warfare for that kind of stuff. Like, you might not have opposition. It, it You might be playing small games that seem, again, insignificant, but it's what can this do for the whole overall effect? Because, like, in every single one of these battles, regardless of scale, there's a story. Right. So you're able to roll that into one, and suddenly it's not my story or Jane's story or Bill, your story. It's our story. Yeah. And I think that that's the real potential that we have yeah. with all these interoperative systems. Absolutely. Where everyone's contributed the little, you know, highlights here and there over the course of the 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 battle of the war. I I honestly I honestly feel like this could be the creation of our like first local black book 
kind of how uh, Andy many moons ago did that. It was a, like a black book style league mm-hmm. and he was making that, but we could actually do our own campaign of whatever the case may be and take pictures of the games of our own models and have write-ups and, you know, deployments and almost like record our history of what we've got going on locally <laughs> and how it would be amazing. Like, it could be so cool. And everyone can have like a PDF. Like, Oh yeah, this was, <laughs> I was part of this. This is the, you know, everyone can be listed in the disposition of how forces. Cool yeah. It just, I think that'd just be so, so neat to be able to Absolutely really personalize right. it for people. I mean, isn't that really one of the biggest draws is the idea that, hey, we have some kind of impact and then this is something that we all get to do. Yeah. It's making like memories. Have it, have it put into like, almost like a fictional history book would yeah. be yep. so exactly. cool. Exactly. Like you, the shit you're doing in this campaign could be echoed down the road, right? Like years later. It could be something people look back on and just like super fondly. And I just, again, like I said, the potential so so big i just i really want to explore it to the max whatever we can do to max it out i'm i'm definitely there so yeah while yeah, uh, while uh, waiting sucks yeah i i will do it gladly knowing what is what is potentially to come <laughs> yeah, it'll be good and you know what it brings us closer to uh to that realization of they they very well may be and i i know it's just a matter of time i have i have faith it brings us closer to having another uh, adaptation of Battlefleet to come out. Yep, absolutely. And uh, it would it would be almost foolish to think that they're not going to stick it in the heresy just because that seems to be kind of that fertile breeding ground for some pretty good ideas and a lot of their specialist systems. So yeah. that's cool. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I know later after this segment, we're going to actually be jumping in and talking about uh, some of the Adeptus Titanicus slow grow stuff we've been doing, uh, where the slow grow system itself or the the development of slow grow, where it's actually headed. And then we'll touch base a little bit at the end of the segment of kind of uh, the big plans for the October event, which is again multi theater. Um, just going to be hopefully something for everybody. Uh, but before we end up jumping over there, uh, James, Chris. I do appreciate you guys jumping on and giving me some time. Is there anything you'd like to mention uh, to our listeners about uh, Battlefleet Heresy or just anything in particular? I'd say give it a try if you if you have the opportunity. You know, it's it's a great game. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, thanks for having me. That's about it. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, I'll I'll echo the exact same thing. Give it a try. It's it's a lot of fun. If nothing else, it's a little kind of dose of nostalgia in your life. Yeah. You've heard it. Give it a try from the pusher men. Uh, they're definitely slowly assimilating us, like I mentioned before in the earlier part of the episode. So. One at a time. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> one Just by one. Come check it out. Uh, no, yeah, that's excellent. I, I definitely appreciate you guys jumping on. And uh, yeah, listeners will be jumping into the Titanicus uh, segment right uh, right about now. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is the other half of the segment. We've got some sweet, sweet Titanicus talk for you. Uh, we're going to be leaving the Void Warfare and dropping down into some sweet Titan Warfare. I am joined with uh, one of the longtime guests of the channel. We've got Princeps Dan. Hello. And then we've got a new friend of the uh, channel, Morardi Dustin. Welcome. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. 
So we're going to be talking about our favorite game, and it's uh, definitely starting to take off, I guess, slow grow-wise. Uh, we're going for some Titanicus action, but before we get started, uh, we'll do a little uh, quick roundtable hobby action. Uh, Dan, what have you been working on last week? What's been going on hobby-wise? Uh, well, I built a dire wolf um, to try and add it to something, but... I don't know. I, I got my first ever gaming computer and it kind of turned into a succubus and it sucked my soul out of my life. <laughs> but <laughs> Awesome. I love it. Uh, but I've been trying to do Titanicus. So I'll probably get it on it next week. That's sort of my goal is I'm going to let, let the gaming continue for a little bit here and then I'll probably just have to like cold turkey it for a week or two and get some titanicus stuff done i can imagine you clutching your keyboard and mouse saying you'll quit when you when you want to you just don't want it right now <laughs> so oh that's awesome uh i know we've talked a little bit about this offline uh, but for those who are not aware uh, they announced a plastic version of the direwolf kit coming out which is super fast it seems like it just only came out last year, and yet it's boom getting a plastic kit. Um, Dan has that made building these resin versions of the direwolves less enjoyable. Um, yes and no. I, I mean, I can be proud that I bought I bought an actual hundred percent real Forge World model, and that you know the kit is good, but. It did irk me when I saw it because I bought three of these direwolves just to get free shipping. And then, then like, yeah, a year later, they came out with a plastic one with one extra gun. And now I got to buy that <laughs> one kit to get that one gun. <laughs> it was just like, did you, did you dirty a little bit, eh? Yeah. I was just like, oh, I'm not impressed. And I bet that gun's probably going to be better than the other two. And I'm just like, of course, of course. They got to do something. I, I know with all the um, resin kits porting over to plastic, I know I'm still kind of um, clenching a little bit about my Storm Eagle. I'm like, I should build this before it turns plastic to see I did it. <laughs> but a part of my soul is like, if I build it, I know the second I start gluing it together, they'll announce it. And I'll be like, fuck it. I'll just drop the kit and be done, right? I don't, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it's going, so. Uh, D Dustin, how about yourself? What have you been doing hobby-wise? Um, I've actually just been working on my uh, Titanicus stuff. I've uh, got my Warhounds and Reavers all primed up. Um, oh, nice. I do have a, a new step, new learning steps, painting steps. I'm going to try out non-metallic metal on my on them. We'll see how it goes. Nice. And I'm going to try marbling for the first time ever too. Oh, excellent. Um, so we'll marble my white and blues on the sh on the panels and whatnot and see how it goes. Oh, awesome. Yeah, marbling can be a lot of fun. I, I know there's a couple different ways you can do it. Uh, I actually use used dryer sheets. Yeah. I find, I find they pull uh, apart easier than the baby wipes do. Um, yeah. All kind of depends on what you want to go for, though. Yeah, I was going to try that first, and then if that goes... <laughs> goes the wrong way then i have to figure out something else but uh yeah we'll see we'll see how it goes um the the models are fairly small so if it goes completely horrible i can easily correct and just uh do a uh just a gradient or something if 
I really wanted to. But uh, um, that's kind of the plan for how it's going. Uh, and then I'm just trying to get my uh, Necrons ready for 40k as well. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Uh, myself, in the last segment, I didn't do a ton of work. Uh, this round, in between segments, I actually got a decent amount of stuff done. I've got uh, all my Titans are prime black. I started actually appreciating all my uh, red and yellow for my Legio Ignatum. And uh, probably once people are listening to this episode, my Legio will be already sprayed yellow and glossed over so I can actually start dropping decals on and try to really push hard and get all my stuff painted as much as I can. It's just, uh, um, I think what's one of the enjoyable, most enjoyable parts for me now is how fast can I get a great looking force on the tabletop, uh, in the shortest amount of time. And if I can bang out this Legio, my maniple I'm using, I should say, um, in about a week's time, that kind of lets me catch up a little bit so I can buy myself some time as we jump to the other next phase. But uh, as far as, I guess, the slow grow is concerned, uh, we, we have existing maniples already, existing legios we've played before. Um, as I mentioned just earlier here, I, I'm jumping over to legio ignatum. Uh, Dustin, what uh, legio were you thinking about jumping in with for this round? I am... Um... I'm actually going to be playing uh, Legio Ostax, also known as the Cockatrices. And uh, I just get to make angry bird screaming noises when I play and get to yell rock out with your cock out the entire time. That's uh, going to replace your uh, Warhorn? Yeah, yeah. Bird, <laughs> just bird screeching? I'll just have the, <laughs> the Canada goose hiss. Oh, awesome. <laughs> and Dan, yourself, are you... Because you've got a couple different Legios on the go. Um, you were rolling with an existing one, or were you dabbling with a new um, one? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I can go either way. I, I I do have like two or three that I can just play with, but I, I haven't decided 100% if I want to like go 100% new. I mean, it'd be it'd be pretty easy to, but I I haven't decided. I'm just gonna build my models and then kind of see where the wind blows me. Nice. How I feel so. That's all right. It's always a, always a good way to go, right? Whatever the flow is. So it helps make it an uh, organic project. Um, so Dan's going to go full meta and just stomp the slow girl with us. <laughs> no, if he was doing that, he'd be playing as Volpa. <laughs> yeah, they would. It'd be a different story, I guess. I, yeah. I got, I want to, I want to, you know, we can kind of get into the next thing and talk about like the goals of the slow grow, right? And yeah. figure out, and it, it's more about getting, you know, the community together and getting them to start piece by piece rather than just starting at a league at 2K because nobody's going to, nobody's going to jump on that. No new guys are going to jump on that. So, it, you know, that's sort of, the intent of slow grow is to get get the progress going and get new guys yeah for sure it's well that, that's the biggest thing um with our slow grow we're very much mirroring what we used for our horse heresy slow grow it's going to be um phases that we're running in and it's going to let us i believe it is six weeks per phase where we're getting our uh, Manipole painted up. We're starting at 750 points. 
which is small, but that that's the intent is to make it obtainable. Um, mm-hmm. You know, 3D printers can only burst so fast. So guys are getting their Legios all done up, ready. Um, I I want to say there's two, one or two people that are toying around with uh, night houses. I haven't seen them come out yet, but I'm sure we will. And that'll kind of change how things roll. Yeah. So that'll that'll always be nice. Because um, how many intro games did we? Well, we played two intro days, and then, but like every intro guy that played, I think has been coming. Because Dustin was one of the intro guys. Yeah. And you know every every uh, every event that we've done it seems like we got a new guy that's played an intro and it, it kind of has opened their eyes up to the point of being like, Oh shit, I want to play. And then they're, you know, they, they come back with more, um, Titans. Like, cause Jordan, uh, one of the guys in the community, he, yeah, he played an intro and he's like, man, he's like, I'm already addicted. And then he came, he showed up with like a, like a whole manipole of stuff. And it was just like, Holy crap. Like that was only three or four weeks before, like when we played, just yeah. like the pre pre intro game and yeah so it was it's good to see that kind of growth of like the fire starting right absolutely i know uh james came by just to watch just to watch kind of the game yeah. go down for our first slow grow meetup and i was like hey i brought an extra mana pole you want to check it out and he's like oh shit yeah okay and he didn't intend on playing at all ran through a game and he was like yeah i'm in he was already ready to go, <laughs> so it, it's it's nice to see that for sure. Uh, there is definitely uh, growth, especially uh, in the local league community. Like we have a decent amount of players signed up. We I believe the final number was uh, nineteen signed up for the slow grow, which is amazing, an, impre- an impressive number. You can't go wrong with that. Uh, so yeah, the whole goal is everyone kicked in twenty bucks. We draw a loyalist legio and a trader legio at the end of each phase and then they get a 25 dollars gift card um, to encourage painting so as long as your uh hashtag fully painted by the end of the phase we do threads we submit pictures and then uh kind of do a random draw everyone who got entered into um that particular draw each pool you draw from they win their prizes but everybody who's gotten their stuff painted We'll get entries into like a final draw. We did a big draw kind of at the end of our uh, Heresy Slow Grow. So that's pretty much the intent is to mirror that. Um, set up different uh, games days at different stores every two weeks. And just try and really spread the love around the city as they're, they're all multiple places. I know yeah. we've kind of got the traveling circus going on because we got a decent amount of players coming out. And then we're also toting around all the terrain. Uh, I think between Dan and myself, we've got at least four tables worth of stuff. Like if we mm-hmm. bring everything, so it'll make it uh, very interesting once we start getting uh, more bodies coming out and we bump up points. I, th- I think that's going to be uh, a lot of fun. Um, and, t- and to echo what Dan was saying, like the whole point of Slow Grow is to learn and nurture um, these like n- newer players, really start to lay down that foundation so we can have a strong you know player base uh by the time we're done the slow grow and it always helps because we are essentially home growing our own event players as well now you know it'll end we'll have events popping off that also support titanicus amongst other heresy theaters 
and it'll be really nice because here's all these people who've been playing along, learning the game, and they've also been, been painting, which just makes events that much better. Um, yeah. You know, going through, <clears throat> going through the game and, uh, you know, using corruptions, teleporting through a building so your Reaver or Warhound can just, you know, kill the dude. That's not the intent. I know that will happen eventually because we're going to have to see how it works. Some people need to live that life to know how it is when Volpa reaches out and touches you. Uh, <laughs> I don't need to live that life. I've, left, I've lived it already, and it's it's definitely interesting. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to just that, just different exposure um, with all the different players out there. I think uh, I think that'll be really. I think that'll be the most interesting is watching people. Um, uh, I, I guess react to all the different changes with different legios and essentially, I, I guess, lack of a better word, the meta of how it's going to be going locally. Well, yeah, and and like. You know, I think the other draw too is like Epic coming out and I think some people are like, oh, you know, I, I want to build a Legio now so that I can play with Epic. I, me and Bill talked about like maybe adding Epic to the to the, the league, but that might be just another rule set that's just going to bog everything down and people learning new things. So that might have to be a future thing. But I think it's definitely encouraging that that drive to want to play is with Epic because then, you know, because you don't want to be the one Epic guy and not have Titans. And then, you know, a guy have Titans and, you know, whatever Titans are going to do in Epic. I don't necessarily know yet, but I I suspect they're going to, they're going to contribute in a decent way. So, you know, there's, there's that big draw and now, you know, I, I can really see the, the campaigns coming of, you know, of different scales, but the leagues and the camp, like your, I think you have a future campaign that's sort of going to be a bunch of things, right? Yeah. Yeah. The plan was to launch a campaign alongside this round of slow grow. And with the announcement of legions Imperialis and just with uh, also the, the gaining popularity also earlier in this uh, episode, you hear me talking about how I want to dabble into Battlefleet Heresy. I know there's other people doing that too. I wanted to hold off and postpone this campaign until next year. Also right around the time where we can probably shoehorn a slow grow of Epic slash Legions Imperialis. Just so we can get a full spectrum of who's playing what, who really likes what. And then hold a big event where we can incorporate... Yeah our bfg 30k we can incorporate titanicus we can incorporate you know epic we can incorporate zone mortalis um even if it turns out we can incorporate like a big apoc style city fight just providing all these different theaters for players to come out and roll dice in and and the nice thing is is if you're making it multiple games throughout the day that means people can play multiple systems and they can kind of get a little taste of everything, or you can just, you know, be a pig at the trough and go hard on one system the whole day. It doesn't really matter, but I think providing maximum choice for players and having it all the same like price, like you walk in, we'll say, let's say the event's 35, 40 bucks. You pay that, you play anything you want. It doesn't matter. I, I, I mm-hmm. think that's, that's kind of going to be 
the main focus is try to spread the love around and let people just kind of play what they like. So that's kind of the uh, the main, uh, I guess, focus with that campaign. And also lets us figure out how everything's going to work together. Because I don't know about you guys, but you know, being able to battle in the void and have boarding action fights on a zone board that can contribute fire orbital bombardment onto a uh, epic board that can, you know, you can continue to rolling these results and different, um, the different, I guess, uh, battles. They can really start to dictate and tell a certain story and you can have multiple story arcs and multiple mission matrix mm -hmm. and it, it can get crazy. Um, but I, I'd really like to see where it goes from here. Um, Dustin, I, I'm interested to hear uh, some insight from you. Like as a new player uh, to Titanicus and relatively fresh with Heresy, is what things are you most looking forward to, um, based on what you've already partaken in and what you're starting to uh, partake in with Titanicus? Oh man, um, actually, the few games I played after Titanicus, like I'm hooked. I'm like 100% in, like ready to go all in, and then. Uh, the fact that I was never really super hyped about Epic, but then once um, uh, you could use your Titans in Epic and like the <laughs> the entire communities, everyone else is hyped on it. So now I got FOMO. So now I'm hyped into Epic, <laughs> and now I'm like now I'm all in on Epic. So uh, <laughs> it's uh, and like when we were talking about the campaign, and you're like, you have to actually choose what game you're going to play. And I'm like, oh man, I have to pick now. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh but uh i'm super excited to see where where it's going um like i've only been playing heresy for less than a year like 30k so uh it's uh it's been a real good journey so far and uh just more and more systems keep opening up and uh the community is like large enough to sustain all these types of different types of games too which is uh the great thing because you could have one guy that's just really hard in his own mortalis and then have no one else kind of um really you're just kind of like stuck in your like small group of four people but it sounds like everyone's kind of they love that heresy time frame and all the different game systems right but um that's kind of have for me so far with Titanicus, I'm just like really enjoying the um, just the different uh, uh, different um, I guess pace from 30k as opposed to yeah. trying to survive for one turn, all, having alternating actions and whatnot, um, and more of a just uh, let's um, basically try and guess what that person's gonna do, and uh, <laughs> it's. I guess the more the more you play in your community, you'll eventually learn everyone's like little uh, tips and tricks, or what they're what kind of uh, bullshit they're trying to pull off. Yeah. <laughs> so, or what kind of mind games they're playing. So, sure. it'll be uh, the last game we played. I was just <laughs> the indecisiveness on my face on what I'm like trying to do. I hate going first, so <laughs> it's. Um, it's more of a. It's never a. Never. A, it's never really a wrong answer because if you roll ones, it it doesn't matter at the end of the day. It's but, true. Uh, um, it's uh, it's a definitely. It's a. It's what they've. Uh, what I've heard. It's the best game system no one's playing. 
essentially. Yeah, it, it you do find these little niche pockets of players here and there. Um, but as far as wider spread, at least locally here, it's not um, massive. I know there's a few guys uh, down in Victoria that also play uh, Boys of the Golden Throne. And then uh, one of our friends, uh, you might have seen a bunch of his posts, uh, Smells Like Teen, uh, Titan Spirit or Teen Spirit on Instagram. I'll have to look now because that's bugging me. Uh, Greg, he's actually, he's hardcore into uh, uh, Titanicus and has a ton of different Smells Like Machine Spirits. Sorry, there we go. Uh, he's into a ton of different Titanicus stuff. He's been painting uh, uh, Legion's. Imperialis things, getting all prepped up for Epic. Uh, I think he's actually going to be hosting a big Titanicus event come September. Uh, I was oogling over some of his buildings. He has very similar to the same style of uh, 3D printed buildings that I've got, except they're all um, cratered and ruined out. There's like big sections. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, they look really good. Yeah, yeah, I saw them, yeah. I was, uh, I'll have to to chat with... uh, Cal and see if he's got updated versions because last I talked to him he said he was working on ruined versions of that as well um, so it, it's it's going to be really neat I think I think there's going to be obviously new terrain coming down the pipe to support Epic which will obviously come you know uh, pour it over to Titanicus really well I I don't know really what to expect from Epic myself I very briefly like looked at some of the games being played but I never played my uh, played any on my own. I've got you know a bunch of the old models that I was using as base filler uh, for my Titanicus, but now with the new scale and the new stuff coming out, I've kind of put that on pause. I might end up actually redoing all my uh, Legio Kratos bases just to make them a little bit more, you know, a little sexier, make it um, match up with uh, Siege of Terra vibes, which obviously that's where my Legio Ignatum are going to be. So it, it's... It'll be a an interesting an interesting project, anyways. Try and do all the uh, all the basing together. Um, what was I going to? Oh, one other thing is if you're ever looking, um, the nice thing about Titanicus itself, and I'm gonna I'm gonna bug you a little bit about it, uh, Dustin is. The amount of 3D printing stuff out there makes that game so accessible for everybody. Because there's a lot of kits right now online. You can't get shit. Uh, It doesn't matter what you're trying to order. Uh, Everything seems to be sold out or temporarily sold out. I know for a while it was like uh, searching for Dragon Balls, trying to hunt down these uh, Horse Heresy starter packs. You could bust out two Reavers, some Warhounds, and Knights, trying to get the best deal for that. Um, In terms of accessibility, Dustin... How, how is it like having a 3D printer? Like it, it's, it blows me, it blows me away. Just the amount of stuff you've been able to pump out in a short period of time. And you, you're not alone. There, there's many different players in our local who are busting out maniples of the resin just over a weekend, right? Cranking it out. And it, it, I love to see it because it just shows that the system's growing uh, the sculpts there are obviously different. There's now, you know, we have Mars and Lucius pattern. Uh, Titans ripping around all the place, which is very, very nice. Um, how yeah, how do was, you find it? That was kind of the, the main draw to get me into it because, like, 
everything's out of stock right and it's like well how am i going to keep up with this and uh there's just there's uh even collaborating within the community too we're sharing files now and we're uh fixing scaling for people and being able to uh share stls essentially and be able to print for each other um being able to uh just print out a warlord because you can actually i've never seen one in stock since i've started looking at titanicus and uh well i mean if it if i can't get it i was just i was lucky to get the starter box um and uh but if i didn't have the starter box i'd be hooped though unless unless i was getting it printed um but just having that uh uh being able to customize my stuff because the legio i picked um is not uh it's, there's not much out there on the internet for it so i'm actually gonna get a guy on fiverr to make me a stencil uh, a vectored stencil of the uh, Ostax logo, and I'm just going to make three printed hard transfers for my um, my my warlords and reavers now, and uh, just kind of uh, that's kind of one way that I'm uh, being able to customize my stuff, and uh, it's been it's been a really uh, nice impact because um, just being able to do that customizing for uh, the community as well. Um, just offer that up uh but even just getting different uh styles of weapons too um because if like uh i found uh well the one gatling blaster is like it's okay but uh my <laughs> i ended up finding one that looks like the iliasis uh assault cannon that the imperial fists use from 30k it's got the it's got the uh, i don't even know what you call it on the end of the cannon the Oh, like that, the, the barrel. that big muzzle? Like yeah, the barrel. muzzle. The muzzle, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, just having those options available where I can, if I like a look, I can find it. And then, um, actually, one of the biggest thing about <laughs> my biggest gripe is uh, I absolutely despise non-drilled barrels. And so I've just been reprinting weapons for my Reavers and Warhounds and Warlords and going in and editing the file and just drilling my own <laughs> pre-drilling my own uh, barrel holes that's awesome never now, drill never drill a barrel again yeah well that's killer i i know uh dustin he's done actually um some decent amount of printing for me over the last little bit i've got some goodies to uh break out and show uh as well as um busting out a bunch of the stuff that uh, i got from battle bling uh, there's going to be a lot of a lot of different variants, a lot of different upgrades um, getting slapped on my Titans, and this is really where I'm wanting to explore. I know with my uh, Legio Kratos, it was kind of I want to say kind of vanilla. I just used everything that I had in the boxes and everything like I could get from uh, Forge World or like a recast. And now this is where I'm trying to experiment with all the stuff because. In the beginning, I was I was really kind of unsure about all the 3D printed stuff, but as I've been playing, it really doesn't matter how they're printed. The cards are the things that matters. As yeah. long as your opponent can, you know, relatively tell what it is, doesn't have to necessarily be WYSIWYG. But the opportunity that we have as hobbyists to use all these 3D printed bits and make your Legio look super unique and just fucking cool on the tabletop um that's kind of where my head's at now is i I want it to look 
completely different from my uh, Krytos um, Titans. I want my playstyle to be different. I want to just run different, obviously, different Titans that I have now. Um, starting at the 750 kind of, you know, puts you into a small box. But as we build, I'm going to just start building all the Titans I haven't built for my Krytos. Just so, I, you know, I get a good spread. Um, I, don't, I don't know about you, Dan, but I'm kind of like a hoarder. I've got a shit ton of titans just nuance brew hanging out so when i always see and read about all these uh different kits that are you know out of production or sold out i just like walk over my little tote it's like oh my precious you know i'm just <laughs> i'm lucky i grabbed a bunch of shit when i did and uh it's just yeah it's i ended nice up have- uh, buying a box of porphyrons just because i saw them in a clearance bin at a game store and i i had no idea if they were good or not i just bought them because they were on sale and i know titanicus is low on stock everywhere so and they are they are good from what i remember actually before you know you're pretty pretty beefy they do a lot of damage yeah they're they're gross in 30k and gross in heresy they just they can get a mass amount of shots off on in titanicus but yeah i was going through my closet the other day and I was like looking, I was like, man, I don't even remember buying this. I'm like, I got a, like three reavers that are still on sprue and Holy stuff like shit, that. I'm like, really? It was stuff like that. I'm just like, man, I, what, what was I even thinking? And it was just like, <laughs> you were, you were in 2023 and you knew it was going to be low stock. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's very good. Um, for for those listening, uh, let us know if you're if you're jumping into Titanicus, if you're building up uh, Titan models to start going with your uh, Legions Imperialis. I know there's a ton of people starting to 3D print all their uh, Legions Epic stuff. Um, I've seen just tons of posts flying up. It's like getting ready for Epic, getting ready for this, getting ready for that. You're like, holy fuck, man! Like, game's not even out, and people are just going hard. So, uh, I, I am excited for the future. I know as we keep cranking out slow grow days, uh, it's going to be neat watching all these different um, players come out with different armies as they start to evolve over time. Uh, and definitely just, yeah, keep keep commenting and keep firing us off all these uh, all the different games you're playing and tagging us in the Trident Wargaming on Instagram, all the socials. Uh, did you guys, Dustin or Dan, did you guys have anything you wanted to add? Just as uh, as we're starting to wrap up here, um, but no, nothing else. The is cool as fuck. Yeah, attack is know. cool as fuck. It is. It um, is. Uh, painting on the sprue. It's the easiest way to paint. Um, Absolutely. Other than that, I I don't have anything else for new guys. Absolutely. Yeah. My uh, my new player tip is don't bother like I did cutting off all the armor plates and putting them on toothpicks. That's just a fucking waste of time. <laughs> leave them on the sprue. I cut almost all the pieces off. I leave one one attachment point on each armor plate. Airbrush everything. Seal it all. Take it off the sprue when you're actually ready to glue it on and start touching up and getting all your fine detail stuff. Because once you glue those fuckers together, it's it's time consuming. I know if, uh, at the tail end, you know, I kind of. We'll start to do hobby hacks and use one of those Liquidex uh, paint pens with the gold. And it turned out really good. You can wash and get your trim done. Like, I think I got a whole Titans trim 
Titan's worth of trim done in like 30 minutes compared to three hours with a brush by hand. Um, so that was nice, but yeah, if you you leave those pieces separate, uh, you'll be in you'll be in a much better place, a much better place. So, um, but yeah, that that pretty much wraps up uh, this segment. We'll definitely be touching base more as we start to play bigger games of Titanicus, share some more war stories. Uh, obviously, check out our socials. We'll have more pictures posting uh, posted up there as we start to watch everything grow. Uh, big shout out to the Patreons that make everything possible. Uh, we really appreciate the support. We've got uh, Frederick, Chris, Dustin, and Tyler. So much appreciated, you guys, for uh, supporting us. And yeah, if you uh, want to check out any of the things we've talked about, there's going to be links in the description. Uh, I'll even throw a link in the description to uh, uh, Smells Like Machine Spirits uh, Instagram so you can check out a bunch of their stuff. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely... Uh, touch base with you next time. Thanks a lot. Did you plug the Patreon? We need to plug the Patreon. <laughs>